um, and just give a reading for me. So if you've got your Bibles and you would like to follow on, it's open to um, John chapter 4 and uh, I'll let Gav lead off with that. Thanks, Gavin. Reading from John chapter 4 from verses 1 through to 42 uh, and I'm reading from a, a New Living Testament translation. Um, and it's new Bible too, so if I squint at the text, you'll um, forgive me. So Jesus and the Samaritan woman, starting at verse 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Although Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. So he had gone through Samaria on, on, the, on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field of Jacob uh, to his son Joseph. Jacob's world was there, and Jesus was tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the world about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you are greater than our ancestors Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water and then then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Go get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet, so tell me, why is it that the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship, when we Samaritans claim that the Mount Jerusalem, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming where it will no longer matter whether you worship, worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews knew all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming indeed. It is here now when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging, were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while they were gone? The disciples asked each other. When Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. 
You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I will wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit of the harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants, another harvests. And it is true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant, and the others have already done the work. Now you will go and get, get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged to stay, begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed there for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because what you've told us, but because we have heard ourselves. We know that he is indeed the Saviour of the world. Thanks, Gev. It's good. Save me having to read all that. Very good. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> oh, let's um, let's just commit this this word here to to the Lord and see what He's got to say to us this morning. So, Father, we we thank you that uh, you just uh, want to speak life to us. And Lord, I just I just pray that our hearts will be open to receive that. And Father, as we've just spent time together just uh, in adoration of you, Lord. We just pray that it will be a, a a productive time, Lord, a productive time where you just seed your truth into us. So, Father, um, we just we just want to be in that spot with you, Lord, this morning. And, uh, Lord, just, just feed us, we pray. Amen. Okay. Now, I know... Um, We've we've read this this many many times I believe this this thing and and it's well known this story about the Samaritan woman and but the thing about God's word and I believe it's it's God's word is a precious precious thing and it's a it's it's diamond like it's a jewel and like jewels like diamonds they have many facets that God wants to shine His truth through so this morning I I've been um, just talking and talking about uh, with the Lord about um, what He wants to say, and there's a few things in here that I believe God wants us to talk about, and and it, and it's to do with with what I what what the leadership believes about um, where we are in a new paddock. We have those wells that we've identified: intimacy, honor, and provision. And as I've been contemplating those that place and what that looks like. I keep coming back to this this place of intimacy that God wants for each one of us and and the intimacy that God wants allows us to if we partake in in our intimacy with God allows us to move to the next well which is honor we can't honor people or honor God without having that real close intimacy that God requires of us and then as we honor then we move to the next well which is provision, everything that God has given to us in through Jesus. So that's the progression I, I feel God is speaking to me about. So that's what I want to be able to convey to you guys this morning. And and uh, it's been a great conversation I've had had with the Lord. I just need to be able to get it out to you guys so you hear it. So uh, I hope this makes sense to you. And I've got a few scriptures to go through, so just be patient with that as I fumble my way through that <laughs> but um 
yeah, when I'm contemplating that, that intimacy that God wants with us and that taking, going to the well of intimacy and partaking of that and, and my attention was drawn back to this passage again of the Samaritan woman and oftentimes we refer this to salvation and it's true. There's that great salvation for all who come to the well and um, where Jesus is. But as I've thought about that intimacy, because there's intimacy, you have to be, you have to recognize who you are and what you, um, and you have to recognize Jesus at the well, don't you? To be able to receive what he's given to you, what he wants to give to you, and what he wants to give to us for a start, if you don't know him, is he wants to give you salvation. He wants to exchange something with you right there. And so that facet of the diamond, I, I believe we understand, and we've been preached to about that lots and lots. But this part, I think, is our intimacy with God, and it's, and it's God keeps talking to me about worship. And I know this is, this is a rub point in, in many, many churches. If you want to go and talk to leadership in any churches, they will tell you, the things that people get upset about most is worship. But I, want to, I don't want to talk about how we do it or um, so the mechanics of worship, so whether we sing one song, 15 songs, whether we um, do this or that, where the musicians are, what musicians, what, whether we have musicians, anything like that. That's the mechanics of worship in, in one aspect of it. So I want... I think God is talking to us about the um, posture, if you want to say it, the posture, how we are in worship, how our... And when God talks to us about posture, he's really talking about our hearts. So, um, yeah, the first thing I want to... When we, when we look at this, this whole passage and, and we look at... Um, this encounter with a Samaritan woman and she comes to a well, Jacob's well, still in existence today. It's, well, it's a, a, an established place to come and drink, isn't it? It's been there for, well, I don't know, up until that point when Jesus was there, well, it could be there for a couple of thousand years. I'm not sure of the timeline there. Someone can think about that. Jacob to Jesus. It's a long, long period of time. So it's an established place to come and drink. And it's a place that has been there for there and it's served a purpose. She she says to it, you know, she, the, the discussion that the Samaritan woman has with Jesus is about is about worship around this well. And she says, Have you got anything better than what Jacob's got? This, this water that Jacob's got. So we're talking about an established place of getting water, getting sustenance. And interestingly, when Jesus sees her coming and she's, got, she's coming to get her water for the day, he says, will you give me a drink? Interesting, isn't it? And I, I'm, I've spent ages just saying, Lord, is, is, that, is that what you're talking about? Will you give me a drink? Is that is that the key for to worship and intimacy with God? And and as I 
I just, oh no, it's, it's, it's a great blessing to sit on a tractor for 12 hours a day and just ask God over and over, am I hearing this right? Am I, am I understanding what you're saying, Lord, in this? And you get out the scripture again, you read it again, and then I come back and, and as I just pour through this and God keeps the saying, okay, yeah, this is, I think this is it. And there's so much that God's been showing me, oh, I'll probably spend about three hours just <coughs> rambling on. <laughs> but I don't want to do that. I want to get to the point. And it says, Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, will you give me a drink? And I, as I thought about that, and I thought about it because the conversation goes from there right through, he says, if you, if you give me a drink, he's asking for a drink, and, he's, and she, then he says, if you knew who I was, I would, you would ask me for a drink. He identifies, himself, he identifies some stuff there in her life. And she responds to start talking about worship. The thing I see there is that Jesus is at the well right there, an established well, okay? It's a place coming to get sustenance, new water, uh, water to live every day, and Jesus is there. And he says, will you give me a drink? And I think Jesus in... In the facet, if you want to look at the, the, the part that he's talking about to me, is, is worship and coming and worshipping. He says, will you give me a drink? Will you worship me? Will you give me your worship? Okay. Does that make sense? The encounter is if you, if I will give God my worship, if I'll give God a drink of water, and theologically we can argue God doesn't need water to survive. He doesn't need food to survive. He made it all. He's in all, above all, below all. He's everything, holds everything together. So he, theologically he doesn't need a drink. But interestingly, <laughs> he asks for a drink, but I think, in the realm of worship, he's asking us to come closer to him. He's asking us to give him something that we can get closer to him. Worship is a key to getting closer to Jesus, getting closer to the Father. As I talked to the, had this discussion about around worship, I was reminded of. Um, of Hebrews nine. Now, what I'm just, what I want to do is just flip over to Hebrews nine and just quickly, just run through a few things here. If and you're welcome to go along and and um, have a look at this because I want to have a bit of understanding about what we're talking about here: worship and intimacy with God. So, it's it's a description of the old covenant. Okay, who understands the old covenant? People understand the old covenants. It's written here, so because this is written to the Jews, trying to tell them about what Jesus has brought to us. We've just celebrated the, the sacrifice of what God is, has done for us. And interestingly, when you read through all this and the, that Moses made a tabernacle, which was a representation of what, um, what the heavenlies 
the holy of holies is that it's a it's God God's trying to get um, to to bring us to a point of worship, focus on Him. So it says worship in the earthly tabernacle. So we all know that a re- that God's idea of having a tabernacle built for Himself to reside was for us to be able to come and worship Him at one place together. The, the, the problem with that old covenant was, was that we are able, we could only come so far. The high, the, the, um, the priests, they could minister into, if you read this, uh, this account, they could go into the outside area inside this tent of, they could minister to the Lord there. That's just the priests. But only once a year could the high priest then go into the Holy of Holies and worship God, do the stuff that God... But only if he was covered by the blood. Everything on that, everything that was built was made of precious things and spent a lot of time and everything was covered, originally sprinkled, sprinkled with blood. So we understand really clearly what that represents. But the great thing is if you read through, continue to read through this, it's a great, it's a great understanding of what the blood of Jesus buys us because he's bought us with his blood. He has, when we identify him in his death, when we accept the blood that was sacrificed for us, when we plunge into that, we are now identifying ourselves with Christ and we are no longer are we foreigners, no longer are we not known by God, we're recognised. God says, actually, I see him, he's my son, I see her, she's my daughter because of the blood of Jesus, isn't it? No other reason but the blood of Jesus. We understand that. And if you continue to go through... um, that you see Christ's sacrifice once for all. That's in, in chapter 10. So the blood buys us a place of recognition with God. He says, actually, Jesus is there. He says to the Father, when we come to him, he says, oh, this is, this is another one of your sons. Father, yeah, come in and, um, and be with me. Spend time with with me and and the Lord, with spend time with me and the Father. So, does everyone understand that? I'm not going to talk about salvation. I just want to talk about worship and being able to come to a place that, even though that tabernacle was covered in blood, so to speak, it wasn't it it wasn't sufficient. It didn't allow us to come close to close enough that God. Yeah, it, it wasn't that. But now we're in a different place, completely different place, where actually God recognizes actually you can come right now, any moment, any time of the day, when you say, Yes, Jesus, I accept the blood that you shed for me, I have the ability now to just go straight in to the Holy of holies and it's the glory of God resides there 
are you starting to get a bit of a picture because it's so I want to talk about this well of intimacy and reality and and worship. How does that all tie into for us now? We have the ability. Jesus sees me as I recognize you part of the family. Come in. Okay? But when we talk about that, there's one little problem. One little problem with me just it says I can boldly enter into God's presence. But there's something about God and it's and it's in his the place where he resides. It's called the Holy of Holies. And there's something about me, if you haven't noticed, I'm just flesh and blood. <laughs> I have a spirit and uh I make a lot of mistakes and I get dirt on me. Things fall apart. Um but I cannot I don't I don't want to go in to a place that is holy where God resides and it's the holy of holies because it's the same thing for the high priest once a year he could go in there they tie a rope round his leg just in case he's overcome by the presence of God and he carks it bang he's out they've got a big rope there they can pull him out back out because they can't enter in there anyway so there's something about entering the holy of holies that something has to die to get in there. Something has to die. And that's where that's what I think God's talking to me about worship. Something dies when I worship God. I cannot go, I cannot presume upon God to enter into worship without recognizing what I'm doing. When I when I worship, and I'm not talking about how I do that, I'm just I'm just saying the act of worship. And it's written to us in, in Romans 12. We know this very well, I believe. Let me flip to that. Act of worship. Let me just read verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Wow, okay. Worship allows me to get to the holy of holies because all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just saying actually, I don't want to take the risk of taking my filthy, dirty body into a absolutely glorious place with God. I don't want to bring my muck in there. I don't want to bring my rubbish in there. But as I, as I read this, this account, I'm flipped back to, to this account of the Samaritan woman, I recognize what Jesus... Jesus is right there at that well, that established well. And I want to put a picture of that is a well that has served so well. <laughs> it's, it's been a place of provision. It's done so much over link. And... As we read in there, Jesus recognizes that the people that come there are worshippers. He he recognizes. I'm saying this morning, when, when Jesus talked about that, there, right there, well, he met that woman there. He looked at her as he looks at us today and he says, I recognize you. You're part of my family. You're a worshipper. You're a worshipper. So I say this morning, if you love God, if you've accepted that, what he's done for us, 
You're part of a family. And he says, he recognises, he says, I'm a worshipper. But actually he's standing right there at the well and he's, and he's talking about, about fresh water. And I'm coming to the well with my vessel that I've been putting, I don't know, maybe the kids have made a mess around through the day and whatever else and I've picked it up and I've just trotted off to go and get good water for the day. But God, Jesus meets me at the well and says, actually, I've got really, 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 really good water. Really good water. This water that you're going to throw down and try and pull up for yourself will sustain you for a while, but won't sustain you for where I want you to be. Intimacy with God. So when I want to be in that place with God, I've got to recognize that I'm actually wanting to enter into a place with my father, who is, <laughs> I, I, how can you describe holiness? I don't know how you describe it. But I just think, uh, Isaiah says, I'm undone in his presence. Wow, I'm undone. We talked about, Paul talks about sacrifice, and my body sacrificed. Okay, I can't take my flesh in there, but I've come with my vessel to get water, to get sustenance. But I've got to say, I've got to pass, I've got to acknowledge Jesus there at the well for a start. And he's saying, will you give me your worship? So I say, yeah, okay. I'll give you my worship as much as that's worth. It's a cracked and broken vessel. Um, but I, I'm, I'm recognized. So thank you for letting me come and, and have the opportunity, Lord. I just, Thank you so much. Thank you. Here's, here's my vessel. He says, okay. He takes the vessel. I've given him worship, which allows me to give it to him and, and he takes it and he cleans it, ready to take me into the place that I really, really want to be is in the presence of Father who has got so much more to give me. My vessel's not big enough for everything that he wants to give me. But it's that getting to the well that I'm so used to that I'll, but I've, I want, I need to recognize that Jesus is there and he's ready to do something for me. I'm reminded last week we, we read a passage out of, um, uh, about Jesus serving. You know, when he, he, he washed the, the, um, the disciples' feet and if you read through that account um, in one of the, look in the Gospels, you'll find that account of Jesus washing, serving feet. Peter, what was Peter's straight response? Don't, don't, don't wash my feet, Jesus. Don't wash my feet. And Jesus says, if, unless I wash your feet, you know, you can't participate. Unless I wash your feet, and it was a custom, wasn't it? We know that custom was for when you invited someone into your residence, it was a custom to wash people's feet because they, were, they, they only had open sandals and they would be walking along the, paddock, along the roads. And not like today, there's plenty of animals on the road in their day and so there was everything you can think of stuck to their feet. And sandals only cover so much, just your soles. But everything else gets spread up your feet along there. And Jesus says, I need to wash your feet before you come into this place. 
And then Peter says, well, just wash everything. Wash everything. And it's great. He, he, he understood what Jesus was saying. And it's exactly the same there. Jesus asks, starts with a question, will you give me? Will you give me? And it's really, it's really, as I've pondered that, I'm thinking, will, what, what will I give? I've only got really dirty feet from walking the road this week. I've got really just filth stuck to me. But I, I really want to get to what God's got for me. But I can be like Peter and say, no, Lord, no way can you wash my feet. No way will I let you stoop down and wash my feet. But Jesus at the well with a Samaritan woman ready to give new water, new water, fresh water, living water, we need to be able to say, okay, Lord, I, I'm, I'm willing to let you wash my feet right now. I'm willing to let you wash my feet because he's there wanting to do it. He's wanting to, he's wanting to take all that stuff away from us that tries to stick to us. Interestingly, when you follow that story through of the Samaritan woman, she says her testimony is actually come and hear a guy that he told me everything about myself. She didn't argue. She didn't argue that she really had five husbands. She didn't argue that point at all. She said, what you said, Lord, is true. And I'm reminded that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. And I want to get to this part here in, in um, 21 where the conversation of worship is. And, and Jesus says, you guys, you Samaritans, you wanted to worship here in Mount Gershon and the Jews were here. Actually, they, they are worshipping in Jerusalem. But time's coming right now, right now, this very moment. That's what we live in. The, the time is coming that we must worship in spirit and truth. This is the washing, this is the, the giving the vessel to Jesus for a refilling, a filling of what he wants to give us, fresh water. So we've got access to the Holy of Holies through Christ's blood, but we can't take that for granted. We can't just run in there with God with a great big shopping list of, oh, and I've got stuff stuck all over my feet, and I'm in the Holy of Holies running around making a mess everywhere. Because God allowed, he, his invite is to there, to that place, that precious place with God, with our Father. But I can't, when I look around, I think, wow, Lord, I've just made a huge mess. I'm sorry. He said, didn't you see Jesus there? Jesus says, actually, let me wash your feet. Let me get rid of all that stuff. Then you can come in and I've got some really good stuff I want to give you. I want to fill your jar. I want to fill your vessel with the water that I've got for you. God is spirit and his worshippers, and it's, this, it's his word, must worship in spirit and in truth. When we, when we pass 
through Jesus, when we allow him to wash our feet, when we hand him our vessel, he takes it, he cleans it, prepares us to receive. Worship is essential. God says he is spirit and his worshippers must worship in must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus says, I am the truth and the way. We can't come to the Father any other way. There's no other access to our Father. There's no other access to the Holy of Holies until we acknowledge Jesus and allow him to do something for us. But we've got to give him something first. We've got to give him our worship. We've got to give him the the stuff that we, we just say... I'm I'm ready to when I worship when I and I'm not talking about singing when I'm when I'm wanting to be in that place with God when I actually think I'm getting out my hammer and I'm hanging that flesh that can't stand in the presence of God where it should be on the cross David says in Psalm 51:17 let me just find that for you. Great worshipper of God, David, King David, fifty-one seventeen. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Spiritual act of service. When we're talking spirit, we are spirit. We've got to allow God's Holy Spirit to be over our spirit. We've got to allow Him to do what he needs to do in us. And when we do that, when we, when we say, okay, no flesh here, no, none of who I am hanging off, off me, I, when I go into the Holy Holies, I want to be able to get the good stuff from God. I want to get everything that he's got for me. I need to hang that flesh out the door, let it die. I'm going to sacrifice that so I can receive. That's worship. Wow. And if you think about that exchange, my rubbish, my rubbish that sticks to me all the time, Jesus says, actually, I'll just take that. He says, I'll just take that and I'll make it, I'll make it able, I'll make you able to actually hold something that is incredible. That is, if you, if oh, there's so much more here, and I, because thirst leads to somewhere else, it leads to hunger. And and if you see that there, Jesus explains actually the food that I've got, you don't even actually understand. The disciples look around and think, "Is who who fed him? Who the heck fed Jesus? You know, did you, Matt? Did you get in town before us and get back out and?" Give Jesus something, you know, a quick snack. No, no. Jesus says, actually, I've got something that my father, you don't, you don't understand the food I've got. But then he explains it to us, the food. So I want to get a progression in our minds of, of what this worship and what this intimacy that God requires. He asks us, he recognizes us as worshippers he recognises us as family when we have the blood of Jesus, but he says, let me wash your feet. Let me, I'm going to worship, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give, Lord, everything that I am 
so that I can receive. It's an exchange again. God just just keeps giving. It says there in twenty in twenty three, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers that's us. When the true worshippers He identifies us, he knows us. And we will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. It's an invitation into the Holy of Holies any time we want to go there, any time. There's no, no, nothing can stop us going there. Only what we want to... We, the trouble is with us running in and making a mess is that we're not able to take what God wants to give us. And even if he gave us good stuff in that, in that condition, in that place, it would... We just couldn't handle it. We couldn't handle God's holiness. But with, with Jesus washing us, we're able to come to that place and say, yeah, I've just got to open my hands, Lord, and say thank you for taking me as I am and allowing me to come into that most holy of holies. Now I'm, now I'm feeling hungry because now I can get the good stuff that God the Father wants to give me and he identifies the food that I want to really, really eat and I'm getting hungrier, the more I eat of God's food, the more I want of it. It's a hunger for God. And the, and the outpouring of that hunger, that, that result of hunger, is actually more people in the kingdom. It's evangelism, isn't it? We know that. My food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. And then he talks about us going out and doing what he, the Father, asks us to do, wants us to do. But he equips us if we allow him to wash us, to give him a drink of water. I don't write down a real lot when I, when I try and prepare. It's really, really frustrating. But anyway, there's one thing I did write down this morning. <coughs> As I was brushing my teeth, I was thinking, oh, thank you, Lord, for that. Worship is a place that I see that my dirty, my dirty well-used vessel is not worthy of coming into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies. I see Jesus at the well. I hand him my unclean, used vessel. He takes it, washes it whiter than snow. Had that song, whiter than snow, Lord, whiter than snow, singing in my, vo- in my mind. And, and he says, and he says, come in and see what good things the Father has for you today. That's me as an individual and, and as individual members of a body, but when we come together in corporate worship, when we, when we want to leave everything behind and say, actually, I only want to be in the presence of my Father and for the good things he wants to give me. Wow. The glory of God, he feels our vessels with the glory of God. And you think of that, the account of Moses being up on that mountain, receiving the law, and they said, Moses, veil your face because the glory of God is too bright. We can't handle it. But God says, actually, Jesus says, actually, I'll clean the vessel. I'll allow my father, your father, to fill every good thing in there 
and we can go out. The glory of God, then we've got a vessel that's able to carry that out wherever we go. Amen. So, let me just finish by praying and and, uh, thanking the Lord for his word and uh, and just praying a blessing over everyone here today. So, Father, we, we just thank you, Lord, that you invite us into that holy of holies. We recognize, Lord, today that we just aren't worthy. There's stuff sticks to us constantly that we we can't do anything about until we give it to you. So, Father, make us worshippers of you, true worshippers of you, where we will bind our spirit with your spirit. That, Jesus, when we hand you our vessels time and, and again, Lord, that your truth will point out who we are, whose we are, and and. Lord, you, you recognize us. We thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood covers us. It immerses us in a relationship that we just want to draw closer to. And we just want to give you praise and glory today because you, Lord, are worthy of all our praise. Amen. Thanks, guys.